This is episode number 404 of the Health and Fitness Podcast by Inner Fight, sponsored, as you guys know, by Smith Street Paleo. If you didn't know that it was sponsored by Smith Street Paleo yet, you don't watch the show, so you don't see all the branding, and you haven't been over to iTunes and rated and reviewed the podcast, remember, hop over to iTunes, rate and review the podcast, and we're going to send you a load of Smith Street stuff. Smith Street have a load of new stuff coming out as well. Those of you that love breakfast, waffles for breakfast... What did I have yesterday? Sweet potato parfait. This morning, chocolate smoothie with granola. It's all going off. All you have to do, shameless plugs here, left and right, but all you have to do is go to iTunes, rate and review the podcast. Let us know that you've done it. That's super important. Tell us that you've reviewed the podcast, and we will send you a bag of goodies. It's not all about Smith Street Paleo. This is another show, and I have another guest. I would say he's come all the way from America, which he has done. But he actually lives here in Dubai. Brian MacArthur, mate, welcome to the show and thanks for taking the time to be with us. Yeah, yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks Brian, for having me. You're, before the show, we were talking about it. We're going to get to what you do now, but give us a little bit of background, mate. You're from New York and you live in the Middle East. How did that all happen? Yeah, exactly. So, grew up in New York, uh, went to school out west in Arizona. I was a track and field athlete uh, to start there. Right. Um, so, I actually, my, my main event was a steeplechase. So. Wow. I've actually never met anyone that does steeplechase. Yeah, yeah. 3,000 meters. 3,000. Yeah, yeah. What distance do they do the steeplechase over? Excuse my ignorance. It's, it's always 3,000 meters. It's always 3,000. Yeah, okay, standard cool. distance. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so, so got into that. actually got into that in high school. Um, yeah. Most places in the U.S., they don't have uh, steeplechase for, available for high school athletes. Right. But in New York, for whatever reason, it's become really popular. So they... they you know, most of the, the meets that you go to, you can race the 3,000-meter steeplechase. I always wondered that because when I was at school, all I wanted to do was what they did in the Olympics, which was pole vault. Yeah. And nowhere in my school and nowhere in the schools around me, I think there was one school that we used to go to athletics at that actually had pole vault, but, like, only two kids were allowed to do it. Yeah. Like, how does anyone go to the Olympics for this <laughs> yeah. thing? So yeah, it's a similar think, scenario And I think part of, part of the reason why pole vault is so hard to find is because, one, the, the equipment is expensive. Right. Uh, it's can be quite dangerous slightly uh, and the insurance and stuff like that yeah, right. so they make right. it a bit difficult but to steeplechase find. a little bit more straightforward but not such a common event right right yeah. so um for the steeplechase for those of you who don't know it's basically it's it's a long distance hurdling event uh they're not hurdles though they're actually barriers so right. obviously it's it's based off of the the horse running event right um, where you're going up and over barriers. There's per 400 meters, there's four uh, normal barriers, and yeah. then there's one barrier that has a water pit afterwards. Is there a regulation depth of that water pit? Yes, there is. How deep is it? I would say at the, well, it's it's slanted, right? right? So yeah. you land on like a, a slanted um, I mean, platform. Or the good race is people just end up stacking in it, don't yeah. they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean... It, the higher level you get, you barely, basically the idea is you get one foot in, one foot out. Right. So typically, like for me, my left foot was always wet because that was right. the foot that I landed first with. Ah, so right. one foot, and because you want to stride it out. You want to yeah. like jump as if you're like jumping into a sand pit, right? You want to, you have to continue the momentum, continue running. Anyone so, that doesn't know what we're talking about, just go and Google something like or youtube steeplechase fails <laughs> yeah. and you'll get a load of these great videos that I, I remember watching as a kid because you basically hop onto the beam which is about the hurdle height was 110 right 
Um, one meter ten for yeah. I know for hurdles it was. So I guess yeah. steeplechase is at least that or a bit bigger. Yeah, it's the same. Right, it's the same and your your foot's going on there, and you're trying to hop over. It's about isn't it about three meters long that water pit? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. yeah, so you get some quite interesting stuff there. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, three thousand meters up and over the barriers, and uh, wow. that's that was my my specialty yeah. uh, at university when I was racing. Right. Um, was there for five years, and then it kind of got to that point where you know obviously university was done, yeah. which uh, I loved competing, but I you know I wasn't ready to be done competing. Right. But I wasn't quite good enough to turn pro in track and field. Yeah. So I started kind of looking at other other ways to like continue being an athlete because uh, I loved it so much, mm-hmm. and so I turned to triathlon. Right. Um, was introduced to triathlon by my my high school coach. So um, you you started triathlon quite late. Yeah. yeah like yeah. a lot of people start a lot younger, and it, it it's funny because the guys, a lot of the guys that I see that are actually doing quite well. Are the ones that started early, and then obviously you've got a lot of the midlife crisis guys that start when they're sort of thirty-five, two point four children, and a thirty-eight inch waistline. <laughs> yeah. But so this was this was sort of how old were you when you started triathlon? Then so I would have been twenty-two when I started. Wow. Yeah, wow. very cool. Yeah, yeah. And what was what was it like, mate? Going from you, you obviously said you've got competitive athletic background into a sport that's multidisciplined. You know, it's complete. When people jump into it, it's a complete minefield. How much time do I put in this training, that training? How was it for you? Yeah, it's difficult. It was. Yeah. It was actually. It was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. Honestly, really? I mean, I had the run. Like my run was fine. Yeah, didn't yeah. need to really run any faster. Yeah, the bike I picked up pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, and the thing with the bike is, if you have the engine from running, yeah. There's not too much technique involved in the Transfers, bike. Yeah. So you just get on the bike and you can go hard. Yeah, yeah. Whereas the swim is a completely <laughs> different animal. I think a lot of people, obviously a lot of people that follow the show are into triathlons or into endurance. And they're probably thinking exactly the same thing. Exactly. And that's and why you see everyone practicing running and biking and not as much swimming. Yeah. 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 So I fought the water for years <laughs> and uh, never, never quite won, I don't think. I mean, I got, I got better, but. The thing that I really struggled with, I think, in the pool is, like, taking the time to focus on the technique and slowing yeah. things down. I was yeah. so used to the run where, I mean, I guess it, it just came naturally to me. But yeah. for me, it was in the run and on the bike, if I just went, if I worked harder, I yeah. went faster. Yeah, yeah. But it's not the same in the, Swimming in the water. Swimming is totally different, yeah. yeah. I would work harder and go slower. Really? Because my form would break down. Yeah, it breaks down, yeah. And and then you're just fighting the water. You're not working with it. And it yeah. So. so how was your first race in triathlon? Uh, yeah, it was good. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would, obviously, you know, first race, you're not really expecting, you know, a whole lot. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was it was a solid race, I guess. And, mate, as a, as a child growing up, was competition, because I always like to try and dig into people's motivations and why and what's and wherefores, because I think this also... Reflects as to why we continue to be successful at things, why we keep continue to keep going. What sports were you into as as a youngster, and what got you into those sports? Were your parents into the sports? Give us a little bit of background on that. Yeah, so I mean, growing up in New York, um, my my dad was a, was a good athlete, um, right. but everyone was kind of. I feel like in the U.S. you see it a lot as people don't quite know what sport to do, right? Which I think is a good thing to start out with. So yeah. I was I played uh, soccer or football, yeah. you guys yeah. call it. Yeah. Um, 
a little bit of baseball, right? Uh, which wasn't my favorite. It was a bit too slow for me. Yeah. Uh, basketball. I heard it just takes hours, baseball. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And everyone just gets drunk in the stands. Yeah, exactly. And I think a sport that people are just sitting there drinking can't be that interesting on the field, right? Yeah, yeah. So that one was out the window. Yeah. Yeah. So then, but then by the time I was about 15, 14 or 15 years old, I right. kind of, I narrowed it down. I, and then I started running track okay. and field right. uh, for high school. And then I was playing pretty serious uh, soccer on the side. Right. And it got to the point where I was, you know, getting better on the track. Yeah. Um, the club team was getting more and more serious as we got older. Right. And it came to the point where I needed to decide one or the other. Oh, I didn't yeah. want to be, like, mediocre at both. Yeah. Like, I wanted to focus on one and just just completely fo- and, right. and put all my eggs in that basket. So yeah. I decided to go with track and field. And then so How old were you, did you say? I was... 15 when i made 15. that yeah, yeah. yeah but all you know until then i was playing all playing all kinds of sports, sports. yeah wow. i actually didn't watch very many sports at all really i was always out playing them so wow. i yeah i didn't really become like a, a sports fan yeah. per se until yeah. like i went to university and was, was a bit older so first triathlon race went well yeah enjoyed it yeah, yeah. and it's through triathlon that actually is the main reason how you got to dubai so talk us through that sort of progression of your triathlon racing and and obviously how you got here yeah exactly so i got here um triathlon i was training in colorado so i moved to colorado to focus on that yeah and boulder's arguably one of the best places in the world to train uh culmination of things the weather the altitude yeah uh the facilities there are incredible right. uh, as coaches so it's just a breeding ground wow. ground for athletes wow. um so especially during the summer, you see tons of athletes flocking to Boulder to... Isn't it freezing cold in winter or... It is cold. Yeah. Uh, it does snow there. Yeah. Um, but it's also very sunny. At right. The same. So like they get like more than 300 days of sun of no the year. No way. So, so it's when like it, the ideal place yeah, to Yeah, exactly. So, so when it yeah. snows, it snows, but then the next day it's sunny and wow. melts it, men melts all the snow. So it's wow. not like there's lingering uh, yeah. you know, periods of where it's super, super cold yeah right um but yeah so ended up in boulder got into got myself into a training group um there was about 15 professional triathletes wow. uh, a couple of pro so you're cyclists. obviously pretty decent yeah i was okay yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean <laughs> it just uh, casually got myself into this pro training group and like for most people mate especially the a lot of the sort of what i'd call amateurs that maybe listen to the show no problem with you amateur guys you we love you equally but like for them it's a dream to train with the pros and you're like yeah i found some pros and started to train. <laughs> so you're obviously pretty, pretty flipping fast yeah i mean look i had a, a very strong running background yep. which which translated quite well give us some of the stats on your running what are some of the records we didn't speak about that i love records i love timing i love measures uh f- what distance did you race across a mile I mean, you guys were uh, screwed up still with occasionally the, occasionally occasionally what was your sort of go-to running distance then as, outside of steeplechase uh i would say the 5k time best time fourteen twenty. holy freaking shit yeah, so fourteen twenty is just under three minutes a k. Yeah, for five k. Yeah, just listen to that one more time, guys. Just under three minutes a k for five k's. That's pretty special, mate. Yeah, although when I was at university, I had teammates running thirteen ten. Wow, they, they were they were Kenyan athletes. But I was going to say the Kenyans and for the Nike breaking two. Mm-hmm. What was it? The pace was something like that for the for the two hours, isn't it? I mean, 
quick calculation would say something around the 250 or something. I don't really know. Yeah, Someone exactly. should know. Anyway, right rider, so you were incredibly fast at running. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. It, was, it was a humbling experience, though. Holy I mean, shit. being it, you know, on the same team as these guys who yeah. were the same age as me and running a minute faster over, that f- must over 5K. Be, how do you deal with that, mate? Because like, we, we stand here now, obviously, a few years later, and anyone that's listening, you know, that we, we, have some, we have some very good athletes, but I'm not sure anyone's run quite that fast. Like, that's an incredibly quick time. Go out, folks, go out and try and run 400 meters at sub three minutes a K and see how you go for the 400 meters. <laughs> Brian's put that together for five consecutive Ks, but still, mate, you're one minute off the best guys. How, how does that, like, how do you feel in that sort of situation? Yeah, I mean, look, it's, it's a big accomplishment, but that one minute, like, yes, it seems sort of close, but yeah. it's so far. I mean, if Is you it? think about it, that's like, that's almost an entire lap on the track yeah. that I would be behind. You'd be behind. About, wow. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, and that's the beauty of, of track and field, right? There's the, the, the margin of error is so small. Yeah. Um, and like a little bit of time is, is actually quite a big, big difference in, in fitness and, and in ability. So, yeah. And I mean, that's the, that's the thing. Like a lot of people will say, oh, he only won the race by 15 seconds. I mean, that's quite a long time as well. Yeah. You know, 15 yeah. seconds, like you said, that's over 100 meters. If you've, if you've won a race by over 100 meters, you've won a race quite easily. Yeah. What other distances did you run across then? What are, go on, give us your, ten, your best ever 10K time, mate. Best ever 10K was 30 minutes, like, flat. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So not, able you to, not only were you able to run that, distance, that speed for 5K, but there's not much drop-off to your 10K. Yeah. Fastest ever marathon? Never run a marathon. It's insane, isn't it? Yeah. It's so cool. Uh, the fact that people that are, are such strong athletes such as yourself over the short distances and would have never done a marathon. Yeah. Half marathon? I've actually, I've run two. Yeah. Uh, one when, when, when I was actually fit and I ran 69 minutes. Uh, and then my oh, last shit. one was a, was a relay a few weeks ago at the Dubai Iron. Yes. Yeah. Time? One uh, thirty-five. So you've lost it a little bit, but you're still quite quick. (laughs) But that was probably just a jog for you. Very cool, mate. So continue with the story. So you've just bowled up. You're with these pros. You can obviously handle yourself. Where does it go to from there? Yeah, so uh, spent a few years racing as a pro. Um, Shortly after moving to Boulder, I I qualified to get my uh, pro license. So that's based on performances at races um and then that's how you qualify and, wow. and in the u.s you actually get like a, a physical card no that says way. like professional triathlete which is pretty awesome oh, cool. have you still got it uh yeah I like do. you still got the picture yeah. of the card uh, yeah, that's very cool uh, right? yeah that must have been a cool day yeah definitely yeah, definitely right. um but that card means absolutely nothing for sure for sure <laughs> so then it's like you know put in a few years of work yeah. obviously i got I got my butt kicked for the for the first first bit, really? um, and then finally started to kind of find my find my groove within the within this group yeah. um, of athletes, and, and and yeah, I mean, had an amazing time racing, um, traveling a bit. And how did you finance that part? Because I think this is one of the biggest things that you know you you're obviously and people will understand now because I'm making a big deal out of it. You're obviously a high level athlete. You're an incredibly good runner and. We know that transfers to cycling and you're training, you're living as a professional athlete. Mm-hmm. But lots of the time, like everyone knows the top three or four 
pros in the world in, 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 in many of these sports that are actually quite big sports, but all the guys sort of trying to get up there, there's not a great deal of money kicking around. Exactly, yeah. I mean, if you look at the sport of triathlon, you can take maybe the top 10 men, top 10 women, and they're making a decent salary. Right. Um, everyone behind them is is basically making enough to survive wow essentially um wow. so there's different things you you know you you, you be creative you get creative with um your living situation maybe yeah. uh you know i was able to find like through a friend of a friend a really pl- a kind of cheap place to live right. where i was like uh almost house sitting for, yeah. for 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 this guy who only spent half the time there half wow. the time in another city um so i was able to to find cheap living that way yeah um and then you know, I had a few sponsors. Um, right. Some races will fly you out to the race. Nice. Uh, and then you can win money at the race. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's tough, huh? It's, it's not easy. Yeah, it's right. not easy. Uh, so how long did you do it for? How long did you sort of live so did, the life of, of a pro with this little – did you just get your yeah. card out everywhere you went? It's like <laughs> a police officer's card, isn't it? Like you're under arrest. I am a pro. Yeah. You know? and, and then they're like, wait, what is triathlon? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> is that something to do about – yeah, it's something to do about that. Yeah, exactly. So how long did you do it for? I did three years. Wow. Yeah. Well done, man. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, that's something. And then you, then you met – Someone I met, yeah, <laughs> a very significant someone that yeah. that, that drove me out to uh, to Dubai. Talk us through that. Man. So, so I met a guy named Omar Noor, which I think some of you in the region, yeah, yeah should definitely know. A lot of um, so, him and I were training together in 2015 that right. summer. Uh, just kind of became good friends, training partners. I mean, wow. and it's funny, you know, you the friends that I've made. Uh, from from track and field in high school, yeah. from track and field at university, and then from triathlon yeah. uh, as a pro, like those are my closest friends. For sure, you, yeah. it, it's amazing the bonds that you build when yeah. you're just putting yourselves through just yeah. agony every yeah. day in yeah, day yeah. out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it just builds such a great friendship. Anyways, Absolutely. so yeah, I kind of I decided I wanted to be done racing triathlon. Yeah. I was ready for the next chapter of my life. I didn't want to be um, that athlete that just kept pushing, okay, one more year, one more year. And you yeah. see it a lot with, with, with athletes. Really? And, then, and then, you know, you get to the, to the age of like, okay, late 30s, yeah. early 40s. Yeah. And then all you've done is been a triathlete your whole life. Yeah. And then it's like, what now? And almost, if you're not, like you said, if you're not in that top 10, you're a second-rate citizen. Like, yeah. th- that's the harsh reality of it, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, and then you, you wash up at 30 years old, and you're like, yeah, skill set is kind of like, what are you used to doing? Well, I'm used to house-sitting for people, and I'm, I'm used to going out and thrashing my body every day, and I've had a lot of fun doing it. But, yeah, yeah I, I don't really have a bigger skill set than that. It's right, tough, huh? Right, yeah, it is. It is. So, so I... I was ready for the next chapter. I yeah, didn't right. want to. I didn't want to just prolong it. Um, yeah. Yes, I was still getting better at the sport, but it got to the point where I was thinking, like, okay, well, how much better am I actually going to get? Yeah. Uh, where will this take me? And so, anyways, decided to to stop. Yeah. Omar had just started a distribution company, right. uh, based in Dubai. Okay. And he, it was basically three three months into the company, and he right. said, look. Uh, I've got the I've got this company I just started. I need help. You're Pat. No, I did what to do with yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, 
you're passionate about sport. Yeah. Um, I, I see something in you. I think you can, you can, you know, learn the business side of things wow. and, uh, and move to Dubai if you're ready. And at that stage, what brands, you say a sports distribution company, what brands did he have the rights to distribute? So at that point, it was Compress Sport, yep. uh, Compression Wear, uh, Hoob, which is a wetsuit company right. based in the UK. Um, we had Archmax, which right. is like socks and stuff like that. Right. Um, X10X shoelaces. Right. Uh, so all stuff that is got some link to Omar's passion, which is triathlon as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. Zero D is a French triathlon uh, company. Right. Apparel company. Okay. Um, and then yeah, but and then basically right after I arrived, we got our biggest company now that we that we deal with is yeah. on uh, yeah. the running shoes. So how was the transition, mate? Before we go to on, because I want to speak a lot about on mm -hmm. before how was the transition from pro athlete into an american guy working in dubai <laughs> how does that how does that play out for you mentally <laughs> yeah i mean yeah it's a huge change yeah um you know i basically i went from went from training say five six hours a day and then <laughs> spending the rest of the day just kind of eating and recovering yeah, uh, yeah or getting some sort of physio done something yeah. like that to and 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 being in the mountains in colorado yeah to, wow. <laughs> to, to moving across the world to the middle east in dubai Beautiful. and working 12 to 14 hour days <laughs> right on with with brands that on first i mean i've heard of a couple of the brands but i haven't heard of all of the brands so they're quite they're quite niche triathlon brands as yeah, well exactly exactly massive challenge yeah massive harder challenge. than harder than running uh, 5k sub 15 minutes probably yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah but isn't it and this is what let's link to this mate the lessons that you learn in that training and in that sport how have they come to and and the tools that you sort of learned through sport how have they been useful in in the last couple of years here for you in Dubai? Yeah, I mean, I mean obviously, you, you've got the work, work ethic. Yeah. Um, so whatever needs to get done, however long it takes you to do it, you just get it you done. You just get it done. Um, I mean, and, and when I moved out here, the company was very much at the at the beginning phases. So yeah, right. we had to put a ton of work and time um, into to getting to the, the company to the point where it is now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the work ethic, uh, obviously, like, communication skills yeah. um stuff like that and and, and just just passion right yeah. i mean the easiest way to to you know to boiling it down we're selling products right yeah. the easiest way to sell something is just to to believe to in to it believe in it yeah yeah and uh and and so yeah so that's what we do do you see i mean it it seems like it's been easier because those you're still in sports it was like when i sort of when I finished playing rugby, you know, I moved into Reebok selling sports gear, that same environment and, and something very similar. Yeah. What do you think about people that are in a industry or in a job that they're actually really not passionate about at all? Do you have any thoughts on that? I kind of have mixed feelings about it. Right. It depends. I yeah. don't know. It depends. It, like, Come on, mate. Go one way or the other. <laughs> no, well, okay, but... Think. Yeah, I mean, look. Obviously, it helps, and yeah. it's it's much more of a comfortable life if yeah. you can work in in and and basically your entire day is spent doing something that you're passionate yeah. about. Yeah, right. But like, sometimes, you know, someone's passion might not be something that's super lucrative. Yeah. But if they if they have a job that they can, you know, 
a, let's say a standard like nine to five type job yes. and then and then whatever they make with that job they can they have more time and, and energy and, and money to spend on their passion let's say yeah but, then but yeah i mean then of that's course a pretty decent scenario as well yeah, it's, yeah of course it's it's better to just be, no, to I, be I, think, I think you're absolutely right i think that's it i'm i'm obviously a little bit black more black and white but i think <laughs> what i think what you said is actually very true man i think if you if you if you enjoy your job enough and and you're all in in your job and you know it's fueling a great life and able you to do those passions as well, I, I I think that's I think that's almost like an ideal scenario. Obviously, if you have a passion that is super lucrative, then you're you're winning. Yeah. But uh, you know if, if 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 you if you actually enjoy your job and you're able to fuel all of your passions, I I think it's people that don't really enjoy their job at all. Yeah. And then they're unable to follow any hobbies or passions. And you actually find that these two, I found that these two are quite well correlated. Like a lot of people that are unhappy in their job don't really have a, a load of passions as well because they don't have the energy to do it because they're so unhappy in the job. And anyway, we're a bit off point, but yeah. it's, it's interesting to hear. Yeah. It's I mean, interesting if, to hear if you don't like your, your job per se, but you do enjoy the people that you work with, yeah. I think that's, that's another thing that Something. could be yeah. right as well. So you land up in Dubai. Very soon, you get distribution of a Swiss brand Correct. called On Running. Give us a little bit of background on the brand. On, on, on the brand, on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so On Running uh, started in 2010. Uh, wow, it was started so by a yeah, Swiss triathlete, Olivia Bernard. Right. Uh, he's a few-time world champ. Wow, um, for triathlon, and he's—I think he's come fourth at the Olympic Games. Wow! Um, so very, very good athlete. He—the reason he started the company is because his his career actually ended earlier than he would have liked. Right. And, and the reason is because he kept getting injured towards the end of his career. Right. And he went from one running shoe to the next, trying to find the running shoe that kept him healthy. Yeah. Right. And he couldn't find one. That's very common in running and in the sport of triathlon, right? Yeah. You see people moving from one shoe to one shoe to one shoe. Exactly. Looking for something, right? Yeah. So, so he basically, he ends his career yeah. and decides, I'm going to build a shoe that works for me because I couldn't find one out there. Wow. So if, if there wasn't a shoe for me that worked, that's probably the case for a lot of people out there. Yeah. So let's, let's try some, something different. Wow. So that's how that's how it started in Switzerland, 2010. Yeah, exactly. And he's come up with something that is. Talk us through the shoe, mate, because it's a very. I know you guys have different ones, and like let's 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 go through it all. Like, what is the shoe? Why is it different? What sort of shoes are there? Because people will generally go, "Oh, I need a I need a cushioning shoe. I need this." And give us a little bit of the more geeky side to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So so actually. Sort of the cornerstone um, of the brand is is these clouds, right? right? So it's so it's run on clouds. That's that's the tagline right. for, for the company. Right. What they did, and, and when they say clouds, they mean the little sort of bubble shaped yeah. things on the bottom of the shoe. Hang on a minute. If you're if you're watching the YouTube, which I suggest you do, this is one of the shoes, and I guess these are the clouds. Exactly. Problem is, I can't reach down properly to put it back on, so sure I'll have to stay off for the rest of the show. <laughs> but right. anyway, that was a, that was an exhibit. So, clouds is is sort of the technology, exactly. Right. And so, the, and the reason that Olivier came up with this uh, this technology, he basically he went to a uh, a few doctors and yeah. and and, and uh, exercise physiologists, and he's like, the best the best time my body feels is when I'm running on pavement, 
but when there's a slight uh, slight bit of sand on the pavement. So, like, if you're right. running near the beach, one like a beach road kind yeah, of thing. Right. Tiny bit of sand on top of the pavement. Yeah. And the, they did tests and studies to figure out, okay, why are you feeling so good in under those conditions? Yeah, right. Um, and obviously, that's a very, like, very specific yeah. condition. Slightly, you, yeah. not, not like you can just find that anywhere. Yeah. Although, yeah. In, in Dubai, maybe. Yeah, it's easier, uh, but still. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the tests that they did determined that, uh, basically, when you land on that bit of sand, your foot actually keeps moving forward just about a millimeter. Right. Um, and that helps to break the tension uh, and the impact. Wow. Of course, running is, is an incredible way to be fit yeah. uh, and, and lose weight and, yeah. and, and live a healthy life. But if you're not doing it on the right surface or yeah. in the right shoes or progressing correctly, yeah. uh, it can be very damaging yeah, to your it's body. A, it's all, I was going to say, it's also a great way to absolutely trash your body. Yeah, exactly. And you look at, you look at this is the funniest thing, and, and, and folks that are not big into running will be saying this, like, you look at the guys that are running the marathons, you look at the guys that are, you know, they don't look healthy. <laughs> you know, they, they look like this and their legs go a little bit like that. And, yeah. and then you hear people, yeah, I used to run, but now my knees can't stand it anymore. And I know that's because they're about 40 kilos over weight but yeah. Uh, but yeah it, 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 it can be quite dangerous right yeah it can be yeah. Um, and so so they wanted to create a shoe that basically mimicked that feeling of running on this tiny bit of sand yeah. on, on pavement and and the idea is a soft landing and firm takeoff wow which is the optimal running conditions right but obviously if and, and they say it's 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 as if you're landing in sand but taking off on pavement wow so obviously if you're just running in sand you're not getting any traction. You're I just know all about that. Yeah, Thanks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. not uh, so interesting. So yes, it's soft. Yeah, and and nice on your joints. Yeah, but you can't go very fast in sand at all. <laughs> and then you've got pavement, which is the complete opposite. Yeah, right. Harsh on your joints, but yeah. the fastest material there is. Yeah, right. Um, so how do we sort of create a shoe that mimics? Uh, both right um, so that's kind of how how the clouds were born wow. um, so when you land on on these clouds they collapse yeah create and, and and your shoe keeps actually moving forward just about a millimeter right and then when you take off it's still a firm takeoff so without insulting the brand the research the technology it's somehow similar to what other brands have been trying to do for a long time Nike came with shocks that it was just trying to absorb that landing and then spring you off. And every single brand under the sun has come with something that absorbs that landing and then, and then pushes you. What, what makes on different in that respect then? Yeah, so I think, I think what makes on a bit different is, so one, these clouds, the, sh- the shocks on the Nikes, those were at the at the back of the shoe. Yeah, yeah. So unless unless you're like a massive heel, heel striker, striker, then I don't know, maybe that could work for you. I always yeah. thought that they were so much more for fashion than they were for oh, anything yeah. else. Clearly, it's like a, it's a marketing thing. They're inch, right? Yeah, Everything yeah. that Nike does is for marketing. Yeah. But I mean, they, they came out with, um, that was the biggest thing when they launched the freeze, wasn't it? That you know, it had it had something all the way through the foot, but right. all, all they did is chop the sole up, and it's actually just a just an EVA foam like sole. It's nothing special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so what On does, and they actually they also have a speed plate. That's that's right. It's a thin plastic layer that's sewn into the bottom of the shoe. Yep. And that's what gives the shoe the structure. Right. You look at basically all the other companies out there, and yeah. they get the structure from a post that goes from about mid foot. Right. Uh, to heal, 
okay. and that helps with the structure of the shoe. But right. what happens there is you lose flexibility in that part of the shoe. Right. And there's a breaking point right, right at the end of that post, right midfoot. Whereas on is completely even in flexibility throughout the entire shoe. Wow. Uh, so it doesn't matter which way you land, whether you're yeah. a heel striker, a mid midfoot striker. Yeah. Um, it, it doesn't matter with on and, and also another one of, one of sort of on's cornerstones is, is, they they want you to run the way you were born to run. Right. They're not trying to force you one way or the other. We get a lot of people that come up and ask questions about, oh, do you have a shoe for someone that pronates? Yeah, or, or arches, for or, example. Arch yeah, support. I have. Yeah. yeah, and and my answer is not really. No. Uh, we we <laughs> sorry, mate. You'll have to go with these guys next <laughs> but, door. <laughs> but that's that's not to say that you can't run it on. Because right. on the way that the shoes are designed is that it it does work for everyone. Right. Uh, it allows you to land the way that your body was born to land, wow. whether it's on the inside of the, the shoe, the outside of the shoe, um, because the way the clouds sort of work independently on yeah. the sole of the shoe, yeah. they don't transfer energy across. So, like, right. let's say you're a heel striker and you land on the outside of your foot. Yeah. That, that part of the shoe that you contact ground with first yes. in a traditional running shoe transfers energy across Which is diagonal. almost what Nike tried to get rid of with the free, but exactly. we can yeah, talk yeah. about that in yeah. a different way. <laughs> um, and then, uh, but with On, because of the clouds are all working independently yeah. it, and, and there's a break down the middle of the shoe, yes. it doesn't transfer that energy the way it does in, in, a, in a standard running shoe. Very cool. um, and just to just to touch on the free, like, look, the free is an all is is a great shoe. Mate, but you don't have to be diplomatic. No, no, but <laughs> but I think people don't, and maybe this is Nike's purpose. Yeah. It, they don't understand that the reason that shoe is created. That yes. shoe is basically for one, maybe two runs a week. Yeah. Maximum of three k. Yeah. The idea is to create a barefoot feeling. Yes. Running barefoot uh, is an incredible thing to do. Yeah. Th- those distances about three maybe two to three k twice a week yep. strengthens the lower the, the foot yep. strengthens the lower leg yeah. all the the kind of tiny muscles down there um yeah. and so obviously nike you know not everyone has access to like beautiful grass to run on yeah right so nike's like okay well let's let's come out with a shoe that uh sim- that they can simulate barefoot running right. so 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 the thing is with that shoe is there's no structure to it yeah it's not a shoe that you can run in every single day yeah so if you if you have that shoe and you're trying to run long miles what then starts to happen is you start to get get issues that we see in running achilles tendonitis shin splints calf issues exactly. knee joint pain and stuff like that but i, I guess I, I was thinking mate when you're saying that there's not actually much of the population that actually do run more than twice a week and more than three k's <laughs> at a time but again that's another that's something for another time mate i want to ask you because actually the, it, it's quite a funny story about, about on shoes i was gifted a pair Mohammed Kasim, who I think you know, gave me yeah. a pair of on shoes maybe two years ago for my birthday. And I'd seen them around the triathlon scene. And I was like, I've always been quite a sort of what you'd call what we're saying, like more of a barefoot running shoe. So I don't want a big heel at the back. And yeah. I'd run a lot of my ultras in, in Innovate, but I'd seen all the triathlon guys use these. And I was like, the Swiss will not be wrong. This will be the right shoe. Yeah. So I got into them. And actually, we're taking Munim, the cameraman, down he did his first marathon this january oh, and nice. he needed some new shoes so we took him to adventure hq 
and that's where I spotted those um, the shoes that were actually not in stock in my size. The point is, is that at that time we were buying. There were, it seemed like the shoe that I wanted was incredibly light, yeah. whereas the shoe that that Moonen was chasing that felt more comfortable for him was a little bit more of a. I wouldn't call it more stable than my shoe, but it was definitely a little bit heavier. So talk us through who should be looking. You guys have different models. Who should be looking at buying what sort of shoe? The, the chunkier ones? None of them are really that chunky. Or the, like that, that, the pair that I ordered online are just like, I don't know how much they weigh, a few hundred grams. They're, they're amazing. You don't feel yeah. like you're wearing them. So yeah, yeah. what are the difference in models and who should be after what? That's the question. Yeah, so I mean, it, it, again, it depends, one, on the person, two, on what, uh, what type of running you're planning on doing in them. So let's say you're training for a marathon yeah. uh, and you're putting in, I don't, if, if you're, if you're training seriously, maybe a hundred K a week. Yep. Um, Did you hear that guys? If you want to train seriously for a marathon, Brian says hundred K a week. I'm with you. Yeah. I love it. Perfect. perfect. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so if you're training for a marathon and you and, and you want a shoe that you can race in as well, yeah. and, and you feel or or if you feel like you're someone who needs extra cushioning, extra yeah. support, then the Cloud Flyer is is the shoe for you. Right. So that's On's um, quote unquote stability shoe. Right. That's their their long run shoe. Right. Uh, sort of the tagline for that one is uh, now shorter long runs. Right. Okay. So it's it's meant to be like, okay, well, let's say you just did a 20K run. It yep. doesn't feel like you just did a 20K run. Right. Because you were well-supported, yep. uh, well-cushioned right. uh, on the so shoe. So it does have a bit more cushioning in that one. Yeah. yeah. Cool. What about for the shorter for the shorter stuff? What, what should people be looking at? Because the range seems to be getting bigger as the company develops. So what, what should people be looking for? Yeah, I mean, you s- it is getting bigger. Um, but... I think one of the great things about On is they also do keep it pretty simple. Yeah, uh, yeah. the names, the names are a bit can be a bit confusing. There's no order to them, is there? <laughs> well, not really. What do I have a few? I don't know if these ones. Cloud Racer. Yeah, uh, those are the Cloud Rush. Cloud Rush. And I yeah. think I've got a pair of Cloud Racer. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, yeah. So uh, that mid-range shoe. Yeah. You basically have two options. Yeah. The Cloud Flow. Right. Which is my ultimate favorite that's really? what i that's what i run in every day right check this out whilst you talk go yeah so <laughs> cloud flow and then you've got the cloud surfer right both have the same purpose as far as this is a shoe that you can run in every day yeah it's still pretty lightweight it doesn't have all the support and cushion that the flyer does but right most people don't necessarily need all that support and cushion yeah. but these two shoes um so similar usage, just a different sort of application as far as the technology on the bottom goes. Right. So the Cloud Surfer uses rebound rubber, it's right. called. Um, and then the Cloud Flow it would be more similar, I guess, to a traditional shoe feeling. Right. Um, right. And that's the, the Cloud Tech Foam. These shoes are so cool. They're, they're actually wicked. That's one thing that I actually really like about them is that there isn't a whole load. That's why when I was wearing Innovates, I used to really like it because they had they had a few models and it's actually really well done. I suggest folks hop over to the site on-running.com and you can check out what Brian's talking about. They've got one section: active, stability, performance, race is what you were talking about there. Yeah. And actually, this was one question. I've just found my own answer. I should have probably hopped on the site. Yeah. You guys actually do trail shoes as well. We do. Uh, we, we've only brought in one model of the trail shoe. So it's the Cloud Venture. Venture, yeah. Uh, look, trail running is not 
the biggest thing in the Middle East. Yeah. Um, of course, it's much more popular in in Europe and in the yeah. U.S. with you know with the mountains and, and everything to climb. Yeah. Um, so we've been a bit hesitant with bringing in the the, the adventure or, or the off road versions of, of the shoes. Yeah. Right. Um, so we've kind of tested it with one of the models, and it's done okay. Uh, not not as well as we would have. So would have liked. I'm in the market for a new set of trail running shoes. And I normally buy Innovate. <laughs> I won't put you under pressure there. Mate. Cloud Venture. <laughs> Cloud, oh, here we go. This, this is the sales guy coming out. He doesn't care about me as the athlete. He just wants to sell. But the, going back to where we, where we really were, wow. for that mid-range runner, the, the race category yeah. is, kind of, is kind of where people should be, uh, should be playing, is it? Uh, actually, I'm not super familiar with the, the categories on, yeah, so on it's, International's website. It's the yeah. ones that you've said, mate. So Cloud Surfer, Cloud okay. Flow, Cloud, yep. Cloud Rush, and this one. This one is actually super awesome. I, I don't know why I didn't order it when I was ordering. I think it's because I've got too many pairs of shoes, but Cloud Flash. Cloud Flash, It yeah. looks like it would probably weigh about 200 grams. Yeah, so that's, that's actually the shoe that they launched at the Rio Olympic Games. Ah. So that was the first time anyone saw those shoes. Was the, There was about 11 on-sponsored athletes at, at, in the triathlon at, really? the, at the Olympic Games. And so that's, those athletes wore the shoe, and that was the first time that it was, uh, it was launched. What about just for someone who wants an all-round sort of shoe, mate? Because the, these sort of, in, in, in the ones that we've just been talking about there, they, for a lot of people, that's quite a, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's quite a, a slim sort of running shoe. And a lot of people say that doesn't give me enough support. What's your sort of thoughts and your response to a stupid comment like that that <laughs> someone like me make? It's not a stupid comment, but yeah. no, uh, I mean, I, I think those shoes really can work for anyone. Right. Um, you do, if you, if, if you are, if you do feel like you need the more support, more cushion, then, then step up to the cloud flyer. Right. Um, that's that's going to give you what you're what you're looking for. Right. Um, and then then you've got those yeah the flow and the and the uh, surfer are your mid range ones and then you've also have the racing shoes. Right, mate. I could talk about shoes the whole day. We we do have to move on. Just as a reference point for people, you guys are just the distributor. Right. What's the name of the company? Where can people? Where can people buy these shoes in Dubai? A lot of our listeners are in Dubai. Yep. Where should people go to get them? Yeah, so so our company is called Enduro Supply, which cool. doesn't really matter to anyone, honestly. <laughs> our, we, we don't even really, we don't push that at all yeah. because for us, it's all about the brands. So yeah. Enduro Supply is just is just a, basically a name for our, our distribution company. Got but uh, but for On Shoes, Adventure HQ yep. at Times Square Center and, uh, and in JBR. Yep. Um, very soon, Go Sport MOE. Wow! Congratulations. Yeah, so looking forward That's to that. That's a big win. Yeah, so any any day now, we'll be able yeah. to be able to find them there. Uh, you online, you've got Namshi. Okay. Trisuk.com. Right. Um, then in some smaller cycling shops, you've got B Sport Cycling Shop, wow. which actually is right next door. Yes, very uh, close. And then. Yeah, cycles down in down in Yaz Island. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I didn't realize the guys at B Sport actually stopped yeah. the shoes. Yeah, yeah. So anyone who's a member who wants to go and try a pair and 
I don't know. If you speak nice to those guys, they might let you run around the block in them. Don't tell them I said that and don't run through the sewerage on the way. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, they should go and they can go and check them out there. Yeah. I'm, mate, I'm totally sold on them. I think, I think they're fantastic shoes and I've used a, a lot of different shoes, but for running and like you said, for, for, for sort of running 20Ks in, in, in a decent pair of shoes, you just don't feel your legs afterwards or you don't feel any problems with your legs afterwards. They're, uh, yeah. They are actually great shoes. Mate, let's jump back for the last two minutes, three minutes sure. to you personally. Yeah. As an athlete, what's going on these days? What are your goals? You did the run leg of the half Ironman a few weeks ago here in Dubai. I did. What's your goals as far as your athletic ability or career is concerned now? Yeah. You know what? To be honest, I don't really have any, any right. goals right now which so we need to sit down for another hour without the mics and we'll sort that out <laughs> yeah no i mean lately i just kind of i, I mix it up in the gym uh do some do some gym work yep. and then uh run every now and then i don't have a bike out here so i haven't right. been on the bike in a while wow um but do you, do you miss it do you miss the competitive side or are you so busy selling on running shoes and all the all the other brands and keeping everyone happy that you don't have time to miss it yeah you know i do um when I go to the gym or when I go and do these random sign up for these random events, yeah. I, I get sort of my fix of, of competitiveness. Yeah. Uh, when I first decided to retire from triathlon and move out here, I actually did absolutely nothing for exercise oh, really? for probably four or five months. Wow. And it, and look, I needed a break because for it sure. was my life. That's yeah. that I was, it was just completely took over my life. Yeah. Um, but then it got to the point where I realized how much I did need to do something. Yeah. Um, so and it, and once I got back into it, it, it I felt so much better you for feel it. Better. Yeah. Right. Well, you're still you're still young, and I think if anyone at, at Varsity can run a sub 15 minute 5k, I think at your age, just yeah. a few years on, you can still run pretty fast. Mate, one question that we wrap up yeah. all of our shows with with our guests is: if there was one piece of advice that you've learned along the way, either from your track career or from an american moving to dubai setting up a distribution company and bringing a swiss brand over here which is a crazy mix of cultures personalities yeah. and all sorts what would that one piece of advice be that you'd leave people with i guess from a running or athletics standpoint yeah. i think the most important thing for me is one consistency yeah and two um mixing it up yeah so don't do the same thing every day. Yeah. Uh, there's a time and a place for everything. Yeah, right. Um, and just be consistent with it. And, and also mixing it up. Not only are you constantly testing your body yeah. uh, and, and, and allowing your body to grow, yeah. but you're also, it's more fun, right? Yeah, if you yeah. go out and do the same thing every day. It has day, to be fun, right? So, yeah, yeah. C- keep it fun. Uh, mix it up and, and yeah, just have a good time. Mate, I'm sure we could go on and talk about triathlon, about running shoes, then completely geek out for a lot longer. We probably get you back on the show. Yeah, awesome. Six months a year. Let's see what On's doing. I'm super excited to see it. I think everyone is also super excited to see how a guy that could run that fast is not running that fast now. So that's our challenge <laughs> as a show to you. But Brian, thank you so much for your time, mate. It's been super awesome. Guys, go and check out On Running. Check out these guys, Adventure HQ, Go Sports, all of those places, Trisuk, Namshi. Go and check it all out. These shoes, and that's one thing we didn't talk about on the price. These shoes are super well-priced. People are paying a lot of money for the brand new Nikes or Adidas that are actually terrible for your body. Don't help you run faster. Yes, I said it. It's my show. I'm allowed to say whatever I want and slam whoever I want. And 
they're paying more money than what ons cost. So anyone who comes up to me and says that on running shoes at 700, 750 dirhams are expensive, get out of town. They are amazing shoes. And you buy like these shoes. I've, had, I've, I've got five or six pairs because I'm an idiot. But I've had one pair for about three years and I'm still running them a lot and they feel great. Wow. Which is not good for your business model. No. Mate. But <laughs> there we go. That was Brian. That was On Running. Thanks a lot for tuning into the show, folks. Don't forget, rate and review the podcast or I will come around to your house and force feed you Smith Street Paleo. Until next time, take care.